Awesome. You guys ready for a new series? Come on. Amen. Amen. Love it. Love it. How's everyone doing this morning? Good. I'm well. I'm well. I am glad to be here. And um, today is, is, as you would know, we're, we're celebrating our third year as a church. And um, we actually opened our doors October 16th. So on Wednesday is the three year, but we're going to do it this Sunday. And we are stoked. We're so glad you're here. Let's uh, show some love for our new guests. Guys, let's put our hands together. Thank you guys for being with us today. We are grateful you woke up, you're here. Hopefully you got some coffee in your system um, and, and all that good stuff. We have some cupcakes for you after the worship experience. Um, go ahead and, and take those home. Don't take them all. Save some for the 11 o'clock. Um, but they are going to be delicious. Um, we also have something outside. Uh, for the kids, um, if you want to hang around with us a little bit longer, there's a bounce house out there. So um, it, it's going to be a fun time. You didn't know it, did you? You didn't know that? See, yeah. Um, so maybe the adult kids. I'm talking to the adult kids. Um, adults are allowed. Uh, one at a time. One at a time. <laughs> uh, yeah, yes. Even if you're the same size. One at a time. So um, today we start a brand new series entitled Ask for the Moon. And um, I believe that this is going to be good. And um, given the, the season we're in, um, we're, we're, we're looking forward to big things. Um, this series hit my heart in January. I typically send the creative team um, our, my sermon series for the year. And then as the year goes on, things change, things adjust. Um, you can have a plan, but God can go in a different direction. Um, but this is one that stuck, and um, what's crazy is is that um, uh, I think we, we have a full moon tonight. Uh, we have a full moon tonight. Um, we can give it up for Chris and uh, Megan. Um, they just had their baby. Let's put our hands together for them. And um, she is beautiful. She is precious. Um, her name is Celine Gabriella uh, Conjorgianis. Um but my, my son calls her Luna. Uh, I think Luna means moon in Spanish, right? So she was just born a couple days ago. And, um, and you know, it's just, it's just it's crazy how God lines things up. Ask for the moon. Ask for the moon. Um, I'm very encouraged by uh, my four-year-old, um, Judah. Um, Jay's older now, so he isn't as faith-filled as he used to be, and that tends to happen in life, um, especially uh, uh, in our adulthood and if we're not careful in our faith. Um, Judah, every day, he will, he will ask, um, hey, Daddy, can, can we go to the store or can we go and get ice cream? He, he will ask. Um, and more importantly than that, um, you know that he has a plan before he asks, like he already has it calculated in his mind, like I want to go to the store and when we get to the store, I'm going to do this. So we'll go to the store and I'll say, okay, Judah, you can get one item, one item. You can get one thing. And so he'll get that one thing and it may be red or it may be blue. He'll get the one thing and he'll say, oh yeah, dad, um, you know, when Jay gets out of school, he's going to want one too. And so he said, let's get Jay the blue one. 
And I'll say, no, we're not getting Jay the blue one. We came in here to get you a toy because he knows that when we get home, he's going to show it to Jay. Jay's going to say, oh, that's cool, but Jay's not going to ever play with it ever. And so it's going to end up being Judas. And so um, I just love that Judah has the vision. He has a desire. He already has something that he wants, and it's the thing that supports his question. It's, it's that thing, his, what he wants, what he sees. It supports the ask, right? And so we're about to read two verses in the message translation. We're going to read two verses in the message translation. And um, before we do, I want to give you context. There's this king. His name is Ahaz uh, in the book of Isaiah. And um, this is about 700 years before the birth of Christ. And King Ahaz is up against uh, two different nations. And um, they're sending threats. They're building their army. I mean, King Ahaz is about to go down. And so the prophet Isaiah, he goes to King Ahaz, and, and, and he tells him pretty much, hey, um, the threats of these nations, they're not going to kill you. They're not going to take you out. You're going to be good. You're going to survive. You're going to live. You're going to thrive. You're going to overcome. It's going to be all good. They're burnt out embers. Don't worry about them. It's nothing. They're flashing the pans. Don't even worry about them. And so the, the Bible says that, and we're going to pick it up here, Isaiah chapter 7, verse 10 through 11. This is what God then spoke to Ahaz through Isaiah. He said this here. God spoke to Ahaz. This time he said, ask for a sign from your God. I'm in the message translation. So if you have your Bible or if you're in your phone, you want to go to the message um, or you may have NLT or what have you, but I'm in the message translation. We built this church for everyone, but especially for people who don't even own a Bible. So we have it up on the screen for you. Um, but he said this here in the message. God spoke to Ahaz this time. He said, ask for a sign from your God. Ask anything. Be extravagant. Ask for the moon. Ask anything, be extravagant, ask for the moon. Ask for the moon. And, you know, I talk about Judah. Jesus talks about this childlike faith. Yeah. Right. And, and I, I kind of, I, 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 you know, I love being a father, but part of one thing I'm not comfortable with is the more he asks, unfortunately, because of life, the more I say no. Right. But you want to be able to say yes. There's a reason why you have to say no. There are different reasons you have to say no. But the thing I'm praying for now in their lives is that even though I'm saying no a lot, my hope is that they don't lose that childlike faith. Right. Like even if you get a no, keep on asking. Yeah, right. e even if you, you thought it was going to happen uh, uh, by this time, uh, but, you know, you were here last year and you thought whatever that it was that it would have happened by now, keep on asking. Keep on seeking. Keep on knocking. Jesus said in Matthew 7, keep asking and, and it will be answered. Keep seeking and you shall find. Keep knocking and the door will be open. So it's really all about being persistent, being consistent, sticking, sticking to it. But I love what he tells the, the, the king. He says, ask for the moon. And you can continue to read that story. Uh, king Ahaz actually responds back to Isaiah. He says, I don't want to trouble God. And then Isaiah goes on and he says, man, like uh, God spoke through Isaiah and God said, man, you're, you're boring me. You're exhausting me because of your lack of faith. 
there's something about asking God for a big sign, a big thing, a great thing that really wakes up heaven. It gets heaven to move in our lives. And as a church, I know we're three years old, but I'm just telling you right now that we're going to continue to ask for the move. We're not, we're not going to ask for what we can see. We're not going to ask for what we can step on. We're going to ask for what we can't get, but we know that God can bring it into our lives. So really today in this series for the next few weeks is really a faith-filled series. I think we just left one of those in your Jesus, um, but this one is going to take a different face. And mentioning Jesus, it says this here in Matthew 18. This is the words of Christ. Matthew 18, I love it. He says this, I also tell you this. If two of you agree here on earth concerning, here it is, anything, you ask, my Father in heaven will do it for you. For where two or three gather together as my followers, I am there among them. I am there among them. I am there. Whatever we ask, if we ask for healing, he'll do it as the people of God. If we ask for provision, He'll do it. If we ask for breakthrough, he'll do it. If we ask for strength, he'll supply it. If we ask for that husband, he'll do it. He'll do it. He'll do it. I need it stronger from the ladies. He'll do it. If we ask God to change our husband, he'll do it. He'll do it. Man, if we ask God to change our wives, I don't know if he can do that. I'm going to take a break. Not look her way. Mm. Sip away. Um, Yeah, so back to the text. Um, But I I think much, much to what we talked about last week, right? If you were here or if you heard the podcast, Your Jesus, um, the disciples are rowing on the boat. The waves are heavy. And the Bible says that they thought they saw a ghost. And there's nothing that can historically confirm that that was even a thing back then to see or to think that there was a ghost on the on the water. It was Jesus coming towards them. He was walking on water. We got to remember that when they got on the lake, it was 6 p.m. When Jesus came walking on the water, it was 3 a.m. The thing about that is when you're rowing, you're getting what? Tired. When you're tired, you tend to lack faith. When you lack faith, you won't ask. So when I say that God can do something, it's not that he won't do it. It's that we won't ask. It's not that he won't do it. It's that we quit asking. Ask for it. Keep on asking. Keep on seeking. I want to just give us three thoughts as we celebrate this three-year, and I have a few more minutes with you here. So um, go ahead and write these down. Number one, we, we can ask God for anything. We can ask God for anything. I remember uh, before moving here, um, and, and even just growing up, my, my father always told me, son, He always told me, whatever you need, ask me for it. Whatever you need, ask me for it. So throughout life, I just 
since I was little all the way to, to a grown man, I would never ask him for anything. I, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't want him. I, didn't, I don't know if I didn't want to put weight on him. I didn't want him to worry about me, but I never asked him for anything. My dad just always did for me. So finally, it came to a point a month before we moved here to start the church. I had a car that we couldn't afford the payment on. And so I'm just, I don't know why. This is my father. He's been faithful. He's, he's always supplied. He's always came through. My, my, my wife would always tell me, she even tells me today, you need to ask your dad. I'm like, no, I don't want to. But we, we sat down at Cracker Barrel a month before we moved. This is April of 2016, before we moved here. And I said, Dad, my heart is just do, 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 do. I said, Dad, um, there is one thing. We're moving, and um, my wife and I and some pastors who are pouring into my life, um, we just all believe that it's probably best for me not to work, but to focus on pushing the church forward. And um, Kyra was going to be not just the main breadwinner, but the only breadwinner in our house. And I said, Dad, it would really be a big help if you took over my car payments because we don't need my car. We have the Kia. We can make it work, whatever, if you take over my car payment. And without hesitation, sure, son. I mean, that was, that's it? Yeah. <laughs> Glad you asked. All right, well, let's eat, you know, <laughs> let's, let's, have, let's have some, let's have, you know. And so he, he took it over that next, that, that month, actually, and, and, and the, the joker paid the car off, and um, he don't have it anymore. He <laughs> traded it in for a new Chrysler 300. <laughs> he had a plan the whole time. <laughs> and so I had to bring it up. I was on the phone. I was at breakfast with him a couple days ago. Well, I you know, he's in Florida. I was on the phone with him at breakfast. And uh, I said, Dad, you got a new car? He said, who told you, your mom? I said, yeah, yeah. He said, that joker, she can't keep her mouth shut. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, the point is, is this, is that you can ask God for anything. You can ask him for anything. I, I think, though, with my dad, there was something in him, obviously, that wanted the car. Right? So you can ask God for anything, but watch this. It's more important that you ask God for what he wants. Not for what you want, but for what he wants. And for three years as a church, we've been praying, Lord, like, enable us, God. And enable us to, to create a place of grace and a, and a place of, of encouragement, a life-giving church for people, for all people, for church people, for, but, but even the more so for unchurched people, for people who don't know you, for, for people that you haven't reached yet. Enable us to create a place for those types of individuals. Enable us to create a place as a church for people, watch this, to find true life in Jesus. To find true life in Jesus. I love 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 3 through 4. Ask God for what he wants. This is what God wants. Here it is. This is good and pleases God our Savior, who wants everyone to be saved and to understand the truth. So when, when nine adults got together and, and we packed up our bags and we quit our jobs and, and we converged here to Maryland, our primary d desire was the desire of God. Yeah. And when your desire becomes the desire of God, he can bless your life. Right. And so the, the reason we want this is because the Bible teaches that, that we are all sinners. Mm -hmm. 
We all have a sin nature. It's not a condemning statement. It's what the Bible teaches. Romans 3.23 actually says that, for we all have fallen short of the glorious standard of God. We all fall short. There are 600, over 600 laws in your Bible, and every day we break them. And, and the Bible says that sin has separated us from our Heavenly Father. Um, and I, I, can, I can confirm that sin, the wages of sin, the Bible says, is death. The word death means separation. It doesn't mean to cease. It means to be separated from God. So in the fullness of time, Paul says in Galatians that God sent his son, born of a virgin. And Jesus Christ lived a sinless life. And so Jesus was sent to the cross. And when he was sent to the cross, he took upon our sins. He took upon our shame. He took upon our wrong. He took upon our fear of not having peace with God. He took upon the condemnation. He took upon himself the separation that we were experiencing from the Father because of sin. He was put in a tomb, and on the third day he rose so that you and I would have a relationship with the Father. And this is what we've asked God for three years, that, Lord, you would create a church. We don't care if it's in a cafeteria. We don't care if it's down the street in Redland Gym. We don't care if it's outside on a corner. But, God, that you would create a place where people could come and be set free and be delivered and find community and be empowered and be able to study the Word of God together, worship together, celebrate together. We, we've been asking God for three years, what do you want from us? We're available. We're open to it. We're open to it. And so because we know this, we know this. We know that when people come to Christ, when people find true life in Jesus, the first thing that they get is the promise of eternity. Go ahead and write these down. Go ahead and write these down. I told God I'm not going to entertain us today. I'm just going to shoot straight. The promise of eternity. The second thing we understand people receive when they come to Christ is peace with God. Peace with God. Ever so often, I'll meet with, with a few gentlemen early in the morning, and I was telling, I think I was telling Chow about a week ago. I said, we care about really honestly, deep down in your soul. The book of Ecclesiastes can prove this. We care about three to four things in life. Number one, and I'm trying to remember this because it, it came to me, child, so good. I say, number one, we want to know if there is a God. We want to know if there is a God. And if there is, we want to know, number two, do we have peace with that God? Every human being, is there a God? Do we have peace with the God? Number three, we want to know, is there a possibility for us to prosper here on earth? Health, finances. We, we want to know it all. Purpose, freedom. And when you come to Christ, you find purpose. You, you find freedom. And then we want to know, number four, is will we live forever? We all fear death. We, we, we do. We, we can get deep about it. I don't fear death. Jesus calling me home. No, no, no. You, you, come on. That's why you're laughing hard. Because you... My, my seasoned Christians have said stuff like that, like, I don't fear it. I'm going to heaven. No, you don't. You don't know what's going to happen when you close those eyes. You know what I mean? But, but we know because he rose, we're going to rise. Right? And so those are the four things that people care about. And as a church, that's why we want to we wanna let people know that you can know God. You, you can have peace with him. 
You can grow. You can prosper. And when it's all said and done here, you can enter into an eternity with your father. The second point today is, is this, is that we are willing to work for what we ask for. As a church, we're willing to work for what we've asked for. Like, you know, like we, we ask a lot. Like, bless my life, God. Bless my life. Um, give, give me the promotion. Give me the breakthrough. Help me have peace in this part of my life. Help me have freedom in this part of my life. We've prayed as a church, Lord, give us, give us influence in this city. Give us influence in the county. Lord, Lord, give it to us. Give it to us. Give it to us. Let's do it, Lord. Come on. Come on, Lord. Come on. Big dreams. Lord. Give us breakthrough on the job, Lord. Bless us. Bless us. We always ask God. We always ask God. And, and what I've come to find out in the Bible and you, you'll see this theme reoccurring as you continue to read your scripture, is that when you ask God for great influence, God says make a great impact. When you, when you ask God for great influence, God says make a great impact. Lord, Lord I, want a, I want a healthy marriage. Serve your spouse. Water your own grass. Fertilize your own soil. Lord, Lord I want a new job, a higher paying job, a better job. Be excellent where you are. Be happy where you are. Don't grow bitter. Become better where you are. Make an impact. When you get to work, make a difference in your supervisor's life. Text your manager. Ask him, how can I go above and beyond this week for you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I want great influence. And, and God is, you know, we want great influence, Lord. Lord, we want to we wanna reach the lost and we want to serve people and we want this and we want that. And I love the words of Jesus because there's a story in, in the New Testament, um, two of Jesus' disciples um, came to Jesus with their mother. Now, they didn't have the, they weren't man enough to approach Jesus themselves. They said, Mom, hey, can you, can you talk to Jesus about this for us, please? And so Mom said, hey, Jesus, um, when you enter into your kingdom, uh, can my two boys sit next to you? Can they be great? Can they, can they sit next to you? And Jesus said, it's, it's not for me to, to determine your greatness. I'll, I'll give you strength. I'll give you wisdom. I, I'll give you people. I'll give you education. I'll give you resource. But it's, it's not up to me to determine your greatness. He said this. He said, but I'll give you the key to having a great life. I'll give you the, the key to being fulfilled. I'll give you the key to, to what it is to leave a legacy to your, your kids' kids. The Bible says that a good man leaves, a, leaves an inheritance for his kids' kids. He says, I'll give you the key to winning at life, to greatness at life. And he told them this here. He quoted it in a different chapter, but I like how he summed it up in Matthew 23, verse 11. He says this here, the greatest among you must be servant. The, the, those who are going to enjoy life, those who are going to be fulfilled, those who are going to make a real impact, those are, who are going to continue to grow in freedom in the Lord are those who serve. Right. I was having a talk with my, my kid because we went to Chipotle yesterday. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm, l- listen. Listen, listen. I, I'm the nicest guy you ever meet. <laughs> 
until you cross me. <laughs> so you probably heard some things about me, and that's fine. Your pastor ain't no punk. So, <laughs> do you want a pastor that's a punk? No. no. All right, cool. All right, cool. But I am nice, very nice, until you say the wrong thing. And so we were in Chipotle, <laughs> and uh, I don't know—is it the build your own, or is it the kids' bowls where they put the three? Okay. Because um, one Chipotle told me is to build your own, the other. I just, I don't know, the culture. And so I said, we'll take rice and black beans and chicken. My two boys had went into the bathroom to wash their hands. And so I'm looking for Judah because I didn't know he was with his brother. All right, so they've put the food in the three categories, in the three slots. Oh, okay, he must be in the bathroom. The, y'all, the chicken, y'all. You know the, the baby spoons, the plastic, the chicken, y'all. The rice was to the brim. The, ba- the, the black beans, they try you on the chicken as if they pay for it. That's it, just three pieces. Just the chicken. Just, and I looked at it, and I'm like, I said, hey, um, hey ma'am, you know, you know me, babe. She, she always, you're too nice to people. I said, because I'm, God's working on me. I'm either super nice or a cutthroat. So I'm trying to figure out, like, that's why I say all it takes is a click. And I'm going to tell you something. You might, you know, I might not see you again. That's, that's fine. But God's working on me, right? So I'm in here, and I'm like, hey, ma'am, can you, um, can I get one more scoop of chicken, please, dear? I use dear. I use ma'am. And she looks at me. That's all you're going to get. Oh. All right, all right, let me try this again. <laughs> you didn't quite hear me. Ma'am, please, just one more scoop for my kids. No. If you want more, you're going to have to pay extra. Lady, if you don't put the chicken in the bowl, I don't care, I'm going to pay for more. I snap. And so she was like. She said something in Spanish like you charge her more or something. I'm sure, you know, I'm still, you need to teach me Spanish so I know. I don't know what they'd be saying, man. Anyway, they didn't charge me more because when I got to the cashier, they were super nice. But um, why did I say all that? Oh, sorry. I said all that because I sat down with my son in, in like, just a transparent moment. Like, don't come in here with your church face like you ain't sent this morning. So I'm, I'm venting to my son. Oh, my son, can you believe this woman? Your chicken, and I took my spoon. I said, you had this much. Then I put it over, because he's eating. He's like, I'm like, sorry, I didn't mean to mess up your food. I said, but, man, like, the, the, the mindset where we are right now. I'm like, is, is this where we are right now? And it's simply because you don't want to listen. You don't want to submit. We're allergic to that word, but. I'm going to do a series maybe in November called The Ingredients of Greatness, and we're going to do an entire 45 minutes on submission. Like, I'm, I'm thinking about it, but it's like, I don't know what it is, but it's just like, no. Is this where we are right now? And so I told, I told my son, I said, son, um, we got into a discussion, and he was like, yeah, dad, like, the church is three years. How do you feel about it? And he said, Dad, like, you're only 32 years old, and, and God is doing so much. He says, you're so young. I said, slow down, son. It is awesome. Praise God. I said, slow down. I said, wait. I said, do you know my, what my first position was in the church? He said, uh, a pastor. <laughs> 
I said, I said, no, that's like a, that's like a jump. I said, do you know, like, when, when my first pastor, we went from a six-person Bible study to 50 people. He got a small storefront. The first thing he handed me three months into my, into my walk with Jesus, the first thing he handed me was a broom. And he said, I need you to show up an hour and a half before church on Tuesday nights and on Sunday mornings. And I said, son, you know how long I had that broom, and then I had to mop, and I had to organize the chairs. It was just me. He gave me the keys to the, to the church. I said, you know how long I had that broom in my hand? He said, oh. I said, five years. Wow. Hour and a half. But during that time, I was praying to the Lord. You know, and, and it was such an, I said, I said, son, that's not even the point, though, because that's just work. You, you can do a thing, but in your heart, not want to do it. And God can't bless that. So I said, what, 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 what happened for me is, is that I, I, I fell in love with obscurity, not being seen, not getting the credit. And I'm going to just tell you, honestly, I am the shyest person you'll ever meet. Pro tip. Next Sunday, superheroes, keep an eye on me. There's a reason PK leads the huddle. Do you ever notice I'm always kind of like, I'm trying to get behind something because I'm the most introverted person ever. In order for God to have gotten me here, he had to develop me in obscurity. And, and so I said, son, I fell in love with serving. I felt, and you, that's what we have to do in this generation. If God's going to do a new thing in America, if he's going to do a new thing in your marriage, if he's going to do a new thing on your job, if he's going to do a new thing in your parenting, you got to fall in love with serving and making a difference and loving and being excellent. If God gives you a broom, use a broom. And so we, we've been saying for three years, hey, we want influence in the city. And, and God has given us that. But three years ago, God said, you want influence? Make a difference here in Shady Grove Middle School. And so we were a month old. I went into this office. We cut a check for $500. Our, our first offering, 10% of every dollar that comes into this church goes to outreach. Uh, this year, earlier this year, we got ahead of ourselves. <laughs> we stopped around June or May, and we noticed that as a church, we had given 18% to outreach. And I'm like, we need to slow down. But... We gave 500 Google Chromebooks. We have fed the staff lunch. We're slowly still trying to get a mentorship program. God says you want to be great. He said, I'm going to give you family services, the largest outreach organization in Montgomery County. And we just had a meeting with them, casting a little vision right now. Um, we are, we've done BAK. Um, this is a facility where women are fleeing domestic violence with their children. They have 16 rooms. We've done 10. And we want to do all six by February, the other six by February. I finally took my first visit there in a year. Yeah, it took, it took the pastor a year to get there. But when I got there, um, just even in the main lobby area, just still gray and dark and dusty and, and a little dirty, uh, paint falling off the walls, old, old toys. I'm sure it has germs for days. Just, just and that thing boiled up on the inside of me. I just said, we, we can't just do the rooms. We got to do this entire building. And, and we're willing to invest the money into it. 
and send the foot soldiers into it. We want, we want God to bless our church. We, we want to be great. And they also have two other programs, Keys to Success, Teen Mothers, Teen Mothers who are single. They have 15 mothers right now. And the director of the organization wants to teach these mothers English because they're mostly Spanish-speaking. They said they need four, four, four volunteers to come and start this ESOL stuff. They have the curriculum. We just need to facilitate it once a week for an hour. They said they need four. I'm asking for eight. I know that there are at least eight superheroes in this church that can commit their lives to these young ladies. And that's what you call getting the gospel of Jesus out. That's what you call getting outside of the four walls. And then they have another program called RAP, Recovery Academic Program, where teens are addicted to drugs. And they just need a volunteer to go once a week. Once again, they're asking for four. Once a week, 30 minutes to an hour just to do life with these kids. But they don't have that consistency they, that they need. So when you don't have that consistency you need, you just retract back into the struggle. And I just think it's time for the church of Jesus to be the church of Jesus. I think it's time for us to make a little room in our schedule and get down there and begin to help these kids. The Lord said it is more blessed to give than to receive. The word that he used there is markerios. It is you are more happy when you give than when you receive. You're more fulfilled when you give than when you receive. There are literally studies that show that when you live a life of service, you add 10 years onto your life. You lower blood pressure. You lower the chances of diabetes when you serve. So we tell God we want to be great and we want to serve and we want to bless. And I just think that the church provides the perfect platform for us to make a difference where we are. I'd even say this. Highlight church. Start serving in your local church. If you can smile. Come on, let's smile. Look at that. Wish I had a camera. If you can encourage, if you can park a car, if you can plug in a cord, if you can teach babies, if you can pray heavens down, you can serve in your local church. Are you willing to work for what you ask for? We're asking for the moon. This last point here is, is that the size of our ask comes from the size of our vision. As a church. The size of what we ask for comes from the size of our vision. Last year, around this time of the year, no, last spring, I started to, before I come out here, I go to the back here and I look at the parking lot. Last year, I was praying because here it was like half full in this parking lot. I started praying that God would fill up this parking lot and that one over there on the side. By the time we got to October of last year, God was filling up that parking lot. This year, I hadn't been doing that. And um, we went on, we, every September, we go on a prayer walk. We call it the Winter Circle Prayer Walk. We meet in seven different locations in Gaithersburg, seven different circles, and we go on our prayer walk. We come here, we break out to our circles, and we come back to Shady Grove Middle School to pray and to go home. We came back after our prayer circles were done, and this was a couple weeks ago. And Rhoda, um, she's amazing. She's a worship leader. Let's give it up for Rhoda. Amen. Rhoda and her beautiful son, Zion, they are here. They're always here every single Sunday. 
It's like Rhoda, you, you don't do nothing. No, I'm doing something. Like she's here. And um, man, her story is powerful. But at any rate, I, I asked everyone, I said, what did God um, do in your heart during the prayer walk? Everyone shared something awesome. Don't miss prayer walk next year. It's going to be powerful. Everyone shared something great. It got to Rhoda. She said, Pastor, I saw on our prayer walk, God gave me a vision during one of our prayers that there's going to come a day where 270 is backed up off of an exit because people are attempting to enter into Highlight Church. And when she said that and when she shared that, it's almost like the Holy Spirit told me, you stop praying that those those parking lots will fill up. And that's the reason you're not asking me for more salvations. You're not asking me for more changed lives, Josh. It's almost like you've got content with it. And so now I'm, I'm, I'm praying again, and, and, and that's just big vision. Cars off of 270 backed up to get in here to worship the Lord. Cars off of 270 backed up to get in here to experience the power of God and the encouragement of God and the life that God has to offer through Jesus Christ to, to step into here and to celebrate. It's, it's a big vision and a big dream. And so this is my question to you. What is your vision for your church? It doesn't have to be this church. What is your vision for your local church? And chances are your prayers are going to sound just like the way your vision looks. What's your vision for your church? And God has been faithful. We'll go ahead and pull this up. In three years, we've seen 200 decisions for Jesus Christ. We've seen 70 baptisms for Christ. And we've seen $80,000 given in outreach. Let's put our hands together. Big vision. Big vision. Big vision. Why is this important? Why is this important? Because Jesus said, I will build my church, and the gates of hell won't prevail against it. Matthew 18, he said it, or 16, somewhere around there. He said, the gates of hell will not prevail against it. So, so this is the way that this works. You and I, as individuals, we are believers. But collectively, we are the church. The word hell means death. Death means Separation. Separation. So he's saying that the gates of separation won't prevail or won't win against the people of God when they're rooted in the local church, working in the local church, serving in the local church, having big faith in the local church, that when your church is winning, you are winning. It's that simple. And people, what is, what is God doing in the world right now? He's building his church. Whenever God wants to introduce himself into a city or society, he starts churches. And I just think Satan has done such a good job at dividing the church, at tearing the church apart, at getting us to fight against one another. The church is called the bride of Christ. You know what happens when we fight each other? Self-inflicted wounds. Because suicide, because Satan would have it no better than for the church to commit suicide. So that when Jesus comes back and he looks for his bride, it's not there. But when you're rooted in the church, the promise of your Lord, your risen Savior, is that the gates of hell will not prevail against your life. So get rooted. Have a vision. We're going somewhere. We have lives to change. Mm. Mm. I never get tired of seeing marriages restored. 
I never get tired of seeing people find true life in Jesus. Never get tired of seeing people set free. So this is what we see. This is what we're asking for. We see 20 highlight church locations across Maryland by 2040. Love it. That's what we see. That's what we see. Y'all know me. I've told you before, when I'm in a, this is an amazing room. It's almost filled to, but I see thousands of people. $80,000 is pocket change to God. You know this. I've had dreams for years where we're going to cut checks of a quarter million and bring organizations in here and say, FSI, come on up. Come on up, Miss Murphy. We got a check to give as a church. We got a check to give. We, we, we need to help people. 20 locations. The vision is, it, it is it's asking God for the moon. And, and this is the thought. If, if we don't think it's naturally possible, that's what God wants to do. And I just, I, I like to entertain the what ifs. What if, what if, what if in 2021 we send our first missions team to, to somewhere like, I don't know, Ecuador, Guatemala, somewhere? What if, what if, what if, what if, what if we do what we call a highlight the city week? Highlight the city is our outreach where, where we're, we're not just with FSI, but we're with Man of Food, we're with this organization, and there are 30 people over here serving on a Monday, 30 over here on a Monday, 30 over here on a Monday, and then we do it on a Tuesday. There are 100 people over here. What, what if, and, and it's a highlight the city week, and, and we envision like the, the city, the county owning it and putting up banners across the city. It's highlight the city week. Unbelievers would serve. Jewish people would serve. Muslims would serve. Hindus would serve. Oh, sign us up. We're not a part of the church, but we're going to serve. We're going to do something with the church. We got to see bigger than where we are. What if? What, what, if highlight, what if highlight Silver Spring? What if highlight Frederick? What, what if highlight Clarksburg? By 2023. I don't know. Those are just cities. God may be going in a different direction. What if I was with a gentleman yesterday at my um, at my at my kid's um, birthday party, birthday gathering. And um, it was like his second or third one. Jesus Christ. Birthday weeks. But I was with him yesterday and he attends our church and, and he. Oh, my God. He said something that was so powerful. He said, Pastor, had. He said, had you not moved, he said, I, I used to go to church because I had to. And it, it, it was nothing. It, it was just church. He said, but now I've made it a commitment. I'm, I'm there every single Sunday. And he said, Pastor, had you not moved here to start this church, I would not be in church. I wouldn't be thinking about the things I'm thinking about. I wouldn't be making the adjustments that I'm making. I wouldn't be wanting to be in the word of God. I wouldn't want the spirit of God. I wouldn't want the power of God that I now want had you guys not moved and started High Light Church. And then he said this. He said, there are kids right now in kindergarten that know nothing about church that will be in church because of High Light Church. And some just welled up in me again. what we see 
what we see. Do you see it? Are you going to be there for it? Will you be leading those teams, pastoring those teams? Come on, church. Come on, church. So let's stand to our feet and celebrate Jesus in three years. Come on, come on, come on. Put your hands together. Three years of God's faithfulness. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father, we love you and we praise you. We give you the honor and the glory. God, I thank you for every single year that you've been faithful, God. God, I know we're just toddlers. We're just a toddler church, God, but there's so much more growth, lives to be changed. Lord, as long as there are people who don't know you, we'll never be big enough. As long as there are people who are dying without Christ and entering into an eternity without you, we'll never be big enough. As long as there are teenage mothers and struggling people, people who struggle with alcoholism, drug addiction, and depression, suicidal thoughts, God, anxiety. As long as people are lonely, as long as Satan is working, God, we're going to be at work. So, God, we thank you for these three years, but we look forward, we look ahead into everything that you have for us, God. I just want to share the good news with you. Every head bowed. Maybe you don't know Christ. Maybe you were raised in church, but you don't have a personal relationship with the Father. I want to pray with you. Today, you'll say, Jesus, I want you in my heart. I want you in my heart. I want you to have my life. Or maybe you do know the Lord, but you haven't been walking with him. God still has you in the palm of his hands. Maybe you just need to rededicate your heart today. And if that be either of you, pray this prayer with me. We're not going to embarrass you. Pray this prayer. And church, we're going to pray it together in honor and in support of those who are praying it for the first time and for those who are coming back to the Lord. Come on, church, let's repeat this. Say, Father God, I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. I believe that he died for my sins. Cleanse me. Wash me. Fill my heart with your spirit. I repent of a life of sin. I am yours. Give me life. Thank you, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, put your hands together, church. Come on, come on.